0: Welcome to episode 009 of the Tom Kenny Podcast. Today I have with me creative force, actor, director, writer, maybe, not entirely (laughs) sure, let's figure it out, Peter Morgan. How you doing, my guy?
1: I'm doing really swell, Tom. It's a pleasure to be on episode 009.
0: I know, dude. It's going to be weird when I get to episode 10 and I go, oh, (laughs) Ten <laughs>
1: is it 10 or O zero? Wait, no O one zero.
0: No, that's not it. No, I, I. You know what it was? I started doing that in preparation of like I had in my mind like Yo, I'm gonna do a hundred episodes. Um, <laughs> it's been a year and I've done nine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we'll see how this goes or how this plays
1: out. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so like your idea is like a Tarantino, like I'm only doing one hundred episodes. Only one hundred episodes will exist, and it's taken you. Yeah, a year to do nines. So this will be 11 years. This
0: will be an 11-year project. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know what's funny about that, too, is like the sound quality of the mic has not gotten better over Next this
1: year. F- funny story. I don't know if you mentioned it prior. I, th- I actually supplied the Tom Kenny podcast yeah. with its microphone. This was a, a present which my brother got me. And if you know one thing about me, it's I loved re-gifting. <laughs> 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 um
0: Yeah, dude. I actually think you gave me this um, to do a sports podcast, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, I don't want to do a sports podcast, and then I kind of switched it up on you. So I appreciate the gift, but it's not used for its intended purposes.
1: I mean, I think with total honesty, the situation was I was kind of uh, strapped for uh, space. I didn't have a place where I could really put things.
0: You were just getting it all. So cast. more
1: so, I took the most valuable items I had, and I gave them to friends to hold on to, rather than having to pawn them.
0: <laughs> I got to. So, yeah, I mean, so whenever you want to ask for this back, just go for it. <laughs> Maybe this is the last episode of the Tom Kenny Podcast.
1: Well, the, the way I, I really see it is, like, when you look at series, look at television series, you know, uh, when you go to, like, Sopranos, it's, like, episode, like, One 101 is episode one, so this really like the zero zero that means that this is just the preview, baby. This is like this pre production. The Tom Kenny podcast hasn't even really started,
0: yeah. It it doesn't start till episode 100 or episode one, (laughs) um, but yeah, dude, I'm, I'm actually super excited to have you on. Um, you were supposed to be one of the you know first couple of people to be on the podcast, but we've uh been delaying it, global pandemic, um life tragedies. And when I mean life tragedies, I just mean depression on our end. But yeah, dude, like I said, super excited to have you on. Um, before we get into any of the specifics, um, if you wouldn't mind giving a little synopsis of what you do, what you're about, um, just a little brief history of the past five or six years.
1: Five or six years. Or okay. life.
0: I mean, it could be. How <laughs> long beyond. There's no time limit.
1: Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and i to try and do yeah the briefer period. I don't know if the whole life thing. I don't have that. So I don't remember to be honest. I don't quite remember. Well, we don't want the whole story. Yeah, <laughs> just bullet points. I remember everything. Uh, so yeah, so the past five or six years, uh, I was in high school and then I went to college and then I uh, left college and then I uh, did that. Continued to leave college. Mm-hmm. Uh, as in, I went back and then left again and stayed leaving college. Then I went back. Uh, I finished a degree. So, and I, actually, I just graduated in January. Uh, the esteemed Bachelor's of Sciences in Media <laughs> Advocacy Studies. I was like literally such a, a hard case to crack. I, I made them. What do you mean by that? Just as far as uh, what I wanted out of my education and mm-hmm. like what I demanded, and I was. I was initially in school for engineering and I was like, listen, we got to find a way that we can put engineering in the name. They're like, we can't do that. There's, <laughs> there's an accreditation agency and they will they will have our heads. I was like, yeah, but you said I can study anything I want. <laughs> so I'm like, why not use my old credits? And they're Look, like,
0: I want I want to study women's studies, but I just want to have an engineering.
1: Degree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, women's and women's studies en, engineering women. <laughs>
0: AI Robotics, a degree by Peter Morton.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, So anyway, yeah, so I made my own degree, uh, which was a cross combination of of public affairs and communications pretty much the two easiest things you would go to school for
0: <laughs> outside of marketing <laughs>
1: yeah outside of marketing and the only it's slightly more useful than psychology
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> a little backstory for the fans on the podcast um when i was going to school or when i originally went to school i was studying psychology came home after you know thanksgiving break or whatever peter had no idea what i was studying and he just started shitting on psychology Then about, you know, a month or a year later, I switch majors, come home. I have a a marketing major now, and Peter starts shitting on marketing because he thinks I'm a psychology major. So whatever my career is next, I'll be sure not to tell
1: Peter. (laughs) be sure not to tell me just so that way he can hear my brutal, honest opinion.
0: Exactly, dude. I appreciate that, though. I appreciate that about, like, all of our friends. It's like, I I tell you, well, I mean, maybe not, right? Yeah. (laughs) but um yeah dude um so do you mind telling what schools you went to or do you want to like yeah your no identity?
1: no yeah that's fine uh i went to binghamton university initially which is a uh, state university of new york school, located... it's a good school. uh so they say <laughs> um I, it's, it's so funny like when you talk to people about education and it's just such a such a disconnect. Sorry. I was, I was talking over to this invisible man in the corner. Yeah,
0: dude, he was looking away from the mic and me. Yeah, which, yeah. Which I appreciate.
1: But. Yeah, so what I had said was there's just such a disconnect when you start talking to people about schools. It's just so relative uh, because, you know, from on Long Island and in New York in general, I guess, people hold Binghamton in a high regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you bring it up to anybody else and they have no idea what you're talking about. Really? They're not familiar at all. And especially when you go to their engineering school. So Binghamton has its most notoriety, I think, for its business school. Uh, mm-hmm. They have an in with some pretty uh, substantial financial firms in the city. Okay. And you talk about Binghamton; it's pretty synonymous with business. But anyway, my mom's friend was an engineering uh, headhunter. She was mm-hmm. a recruiter for companies that were looking for engineers. And why, did,
0: why were you deciding you wanted to be an engineer, or, uh, or why was that like the plan going into college?
1: I had been very, I've gifted is such a bad word to use, but I've been, uh, I've done very well in math and sciences. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, And I mean, did you get the IB diploma? I mean, you were in honors, basically the entirety of high school.
1: Yeah, no, I I dropped out. I dropped out of the IB program as a senior. I had done all the work to date, uh, but then... uh, a little, a little, a little something happened over the summer, and I thought I was a really cool guy. And I said, "Hey, who needs school anyway? What are you doing? What's the point to school? You know what I did?" Um, <laughs> so, so my senior year of high school, I was like, "Nothing that happens in these walls will ever be cooler I did than what I did this summer." I did this summer. And, uh, yeah, I, I, dropped it pretty much. I didn't want to take Spanish anymore. Uh, I so, so I said, do I want to take Spanish and go to school till, you know, two forty five, or do I want to get out of school at one thirty and, uh, do absolutely nothing. But actually I started working at, uh, at a pizzeria that, that I really liked and really love those people. That being said, it's been six years since I've left that job and I haven't gone back to see them because I like, <laughs> It's so strange just because I feel like some sort of responsibility to bring back something. Be like, hey, guys, I know you didn't see me for a while, but here it is. And like, <laughs> like, I had to get an Oscar just, just for this pizzeria I worked at when I was 18 years old. Just be like, hey, guys, I'm sorry I haven't come back to visit.
0: Guys, I'm sorry I quit when I was 17, but
1: I did it. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> made a, it. There's a reason. It wasn't you. It was me. <laughs> yeah, dude.
0: I had to find out for myself. Um so so senior year of high school math science um how did how did you land on engineering or or what 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 was that process even like?
1: So I think that I was very interested in uh, like science fiction to a degree. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was very funny, so a lot of the me- I was in mechanical engineering, so a lot of electrical mechanical engineers were had a similar story at least the males did about seeing iron man and being like whoa how do i make that yeah it just seems so cool like i think they did Mm -hmm. a great job not to to get too much into pop culture but i think that uh you would have just john favreau and the creative force behind doing all the graphics on that suit in Mm -hmm. the first iron man movie um it, it it felt so real when you watch it take off. It's like, oh, it seems so attainable. Like when you, I I watched one of the new ones lately, and he just like presses his watch, and like all these little like honeycomb shapes come out. I'm like, all right, yeah. that's CGI. But the first one was so cool because it felt, and he's sitting there making it in the garage, surrounded by these cool old cars, and it feels like it's like a little bit of can-do attitude and like fifty billion dollars. <laughs> you can you can become a superhero. So I was interested in that. And I'd also been very interested in cars since I was about 12 years old. Yes. Uh, so I was interested in kind of, you know, designing, uh, whether it be the car itself, designing the, the, the engine, um, something about designing equipment that was going to be used by people uh, and hopefully pushing forward uh, the human human race. Uh, Very
0: Elon Musk esque
1: Well, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, there was actually a company which I've been applying for jobs with them like nonstop, and they're mm-hmm. like, uh, "You listen, hey, uh, you said you went to school for engineering, but uh, you don't have an engineering degree." <laughs> I'm like, "No, no, uh, I said y- your work inspired me to go to school for engineering. <laughs> I didn't finish it though. It's called the it's called the Butterfly Network, and they create a an ultrasound wand." which plugs into an iPhone. Mm. Uh, so it's really, really cool. I'm not sure if you've ever been pregnant, Tom, but the I, ultrasound machine.
0: Once or twice.
1: <laughs> the ultrasound machines are very large. And uh, the fact that you could scale something down uh, to be handheld and that can be used pretty much anywhere uh, was something that was very interesting to me. I think I had first heard it as being used in more like remote areas uh, that didn't, didn't necessarily have the infrastructure to even have like hospitals and whatnot. So places in like Southeast Asia and Africa. Um, so I, I thought it was like a really great humanitarian school, but now it's uh, moving on to like commercial uses and anyway, very cool company. So uh, that stuff inspired me. Like The, the whole, the integration, the, um, what is the word for it now? When you, ergonomics the way in which mm. technology and man integrate together uh that also opened up my interest in in biomedical engineering which i did a, a very very brief stint in
0: i got you how, how long were you at binghamton then for
1: uh i was at binghamton in my first run for <laughs> for three semesters i did i did three semesters there
0: okay and during that time you were studying biochemical and engineering i
1: was i, I was studying just mechanical at
0: that mechanical time. got it um and what was the um, impetus then for changing? Because I mean, as anyone who's watching or listening or not watching, but listening to this podcast, um, the title is Actor. <laughs> so it's a very stark change from everything that you're talking about to going to, you know, New York City and becoming an actor. So what's the change over the course of those three semesters or, you know, I guess two years, basically?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, it's a lot of forces. I think it's something where, uh, to one degree or another, I was, well, I was keeping my ear to the ground. I was really kind of, what do you mean? I was keeping my ear to the ground. Uh, More so. I was, I was trying to, I think I was trying to find a way out and I was really just kind of trying to read myself as much as I could, because I found that a lot of my time, it's so funny to think back to it. It feels like a fuse. It's a weird state of memory, uh, any of my time there but i feel like i was really kind of suppressing a lot of myself there just like
0: at binghamton yeah or yeah just so, at the time
1: in general uh, i would say at, at binghamton in the time in general i guess because I, I don't think that stuff was just magically better when i came home uh and also i, I think it's important
0: to um point out um from the town where from a large, a large number of people also go to Binghamton, so it's not like it was just an entirely new start for you, right? I mean, there was a lot of like pretext there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I mostly, I'm trying to think. I mean, I would see kids that we knew from high school uh, in a few of them would pop up in my classes sometimes, and a few of them actually, really only in a few like gen ed classes. Uh, None of them were in my core curriculum classes. And then I'd see a few of them in the dining halls. I didn't really hang out with a lot of kids from our, "Ah." actually, no, there were a few who I'd see, but yeah, you're right. It wasn't totally, it wasn't clean slate. And uh, that rubbed me the wrong way from the start. I mean, I I had a very hard time choosing schools to begin with, because it's it's funny enough. I had applied to only like five schools. I got into them and it was just a matter of money um, for a lot of them. And one of them was Temple University. And strangely enough, when I got my response back from Temple, I'd already had my response back from Binghamton. And I was like, damn, I'm like, one." Th- I'll tell you one thing, mom, I'm not going to that fucking school. <laughs> uh, fast forward. And I went to that school. But my response from Temple, I had gotten some, some base grant just from Temple University. Right. So they're like, pretty much, you know, you meet these basic academic um, qualifiers and you're going to get this much money. But then I had gotten an additional uh, $5,000 from the school, which I had been accepted into. It's a university, so it has different schools. Interesting thing was I'd applied to the engineering school and I had gone to the uh, orientation, or not the orientation. I'd gone to like a tour and kind of, you know, I was, I was in the engineering school. I'd been talking to a recruiter or whatever you call it, the person at the admissions office, knew I was in the engineering school, but for some reason uh, it was their school of uh, arts and entertainment mm-hmm. had given me a response. I was going to get five thousand uh, dollars to go there, so it would have. I would have had to pay, I think, like less than room and board in order to go to that school.
0: W- why did Why did they give you a response?
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. I have no idea where along the line it got pushed that way. But I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going to be in entertainment. I'm going to be an engineer. So I called them up like the day before commitment day. I was like, hey, listen.
2: Cutting it close. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, I cut it really (laughs) close. I didn't, nobody knew what was going on. Like, definitely not me. And I said, hey, Uh, I got this response back. And I had initially applied to the engineering school. I want to know why uh, I have this response. I want to know why I have an acceptance from the art school. And am I accepted into the engineering school? And this money transfer? And... The admissions counselor said, yeah, well, you are also accepted into the engineering school. I mean, Peter, you're a a goddamn genius. (laughs) Gifted. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. You're you're a gifted boy, Peter. Uh, But you're not going to get the money. Uh, That money is only from the art school. They're the one who's offering it to you. And at that point, I was like, damn, well, that really, at the the same, it pretty much made them neck and neck. The price was going to be about the same. Actually, it was still going to be cheaper to go to Temple, I believe. Uh. But I said, "Well, you know what? Uh, sh- I think I actually rolled a i uh, <laughs> the next day in school. This was like so maybe those two days before commitment days when I made that phone call. The next day in school, I went in and on the graphing calculator, I uh, I ran a program. It was just a, a simple probability program. We we decided that you know Binghamton was going to be choice A and Temple's going to be choice B and then Geneseo would be choice C. Geneseo is another school in New York. And uh, Comac notoriety uh, king Daniel Suarez ran it on his calculator, um, the king of education himself. And anyway, it came up neck and neck each time uh, between Binghamton and Temple. And I l- literally think after running the program, which was 50 coin tosses uh, that it sided with temple. Like temple had three more uh, overall than Binghamton and Geneseo had like none (laughs) had like Geneseo had like a fifth of, of their combined um, probability. So it was very interesting. We're like, man, I knew his neck and neck, but somehow the calculator knew it too. Uh, Anyway, I decided to go to Binghamton and I forget where, where this tangent ended, but or where it started?
0: Yeah, we were talking about the impetus for going from yes. engineering uh, to acting.
1: So this actually, this actually looks back to what I was saying initially. My mom's friend was a headhunter, and I talked to her and I said, "Hey, can you like look at my resume? I'm looking to get a summer internship." This is because I was a is soft-
0: prior to going to college.
1: No, no, this is when I was in college. Okay, it's when I was in okay. college, and uh, I said I wanna I wanna get a summer internship, and anyway, so I sent her my my resume. And uh, she got back to my mom. She didn't get back to me. uh, But she said, oh, when you said your son was going to Bampton, I thought he was there for business. I didn't even know they had an engineering school. And like my heart dropped. That's deflating. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those things where I busted my ass Uh um, to.
0: This was the the freshman going into sophomore
1: year. This was actually, I believe, uh, my first semester sophomore year. So this was this was that third. Yeah, this is the third semester. This is that that final semester. And yeah, it was really deflating because I'm like, why did I? it just felt like a total waste of time because I was in there to get a degree to. Uh, again, I was there to get a degree, to get a job. And I'm like, if recruiters don't even recognize the school which I go to, what's the point of this? And um, so Northeastern was was the other school which I had. That was like my first choice, mm-hmm. uh, and I was just in a financial thing where I was Ka-chi! like, "Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh damn, you sure you can't give me any more money?" They're like, "Definitely can't give you any more money, kid." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh well." Uh, so, it's just one of those things where I'm like, "So am I just throwing away?" So, so now at this point, I'm you know I'm 19 years old, and I'm like, I'm just throwing away. I feel like I'm throwing away all my money and all my time, and I'm like, I could be busting my ass in a program at you know, Purdue, um, at uh, Cal Poly SLO, all these schools. So then what I did was, uh, as soon as I heard this in around October is when I kind of had this conversation Mm -hmm. with this recruiter via my mom. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I started applying to all these schools. Uh, so I applied to Cal Poly Poly SLO Purdue. Um, I was trying to get in Stanford, but I don't think you could actually transfer into Stanford. um, or, or at least this program. Anyway, so I applied to like three different schools because I was interested in, like I said, uh, narrowing my focus down into ergonomics and uh, biomedical, it was biomechanical I wanted to go into. Got it. Uh, I was interested in prosthetics. I was, inter- I wanted to build the Iron Man suit, Tom. Yeah. And I was like, and let me go to a really good school that knows how to do it. And I was like, you know, I to, if I have to pay 40 grand, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pay 40 grand because that's what's worth it. Uh, so I started those application processes. And then you left school, actually. I remember studying for finals and I got out of the library and I was on the phone with you. Maybe we were doing some kind of weekly call with you, me, Scott and uh, Matthew, Ryan, maybe. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Anyway, I I talked to you and you expressed a lot of the same sentiments I was feeling. Why did you why did you initially leave uh, UMass?
0: Um, I, I initially left UMass for a variety of reasons. Um, one, I was actually coming off of a trip to South Africa, which kind of gave me a new perspective on just like what I wanted from my life. Um, and, and I mean, this was at the point when I was studying psychology and I was like, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. This is not fun. Um, and I actually wanted to switch to economics, but I didn't have the grades and UMass is a very good business school. I think it's like a top 30 in the country. Um, and it's actually a lot more difficult to switch in so I was like, I don't want to do this and I can't stay here to actually do what I want to do. Um, And then, you know, calling off that Africa trip, I was like, well, I mean, I don't want to waste any time. So then I I had a pretty tough conversation with my mom and I was like, I don't want to stay here anymore. And then I called you guys. Um, But it's funny, right? I I remember actually having a conversation with you and the gang at Northport in a pizzeria. Um, I don't know if you remember this, Mm -hmm. but, uh, discussing like why I was strong, like, while I was dropping out. Cause I, I wasn't even planning to, um, like, I like the plan wasn't to go immediately to school because it was at the tail end of the semester that I decided to drop out. So I was like, I'll just take this semester off and work or figure it <laughs> out. Right. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's kind of why I, I uh, dropped out at the time.
1: Okay. Yeah. And I, I think in a similar way, I too had gone on a trip to Africa. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, dude, we got the little rhino statue from Africa.
1: Uh I, I too had a little rhino statue I was keep I was carrying with me. Uh yeah, so um I anyway, I, I think it was something where whenever you had rationalized to me over the phone, like why you were leaving, kind of like I just I feel like there was something just like regarding like the social situation at the school too, and just kind of like for Binghamton? Uh, no, that you were or, telling or me Binghamton. at UMass. Um, yeah,
0: I, um, I was, uh, I, w- I wouldn't say I was struggling to make friends, but like, it just, like, like I, I had, I had a group of friends that I was hanging out with, but it seemed like the same. And, and I mean, again, this is another reason why I left. But it was just kind of like, it was like UMass or the University of Massachusetts at Amherst is, it's a, it's backwoods massachusetts Mm -hmm. it's literally just farms in the school and i was like this sucks like in addition to that was the other thing right it's like if i was doing what i wanted to do and you know i was working towards a career and you know the social scene was just like we go to a frat house and drink or whatever it was it's like cool but um what i I wasn't having a good time at these parties (laughs) and i wasn't doing what i wanted to do i mean yeah it, it just it it it, it just was not a good situation for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, I, I definitely struggled with that at Binghamton, not quite backwards, uh, but it was more so like the people were smoking meth and it looks like the businesses or like buildings <laughs> were also smoking meth. They were just like falling down and like sinking into themselves. So it was like, so, you know, Binghamton and uh, Johnson city up in New York. I mean, I think they've uh, kind of turned a corner. I think that the school has started investing more and, I just want to tell to all the kids out there listening that go ahead and check out Binghamton. They've put a lot of money in since I've left and I've developed a lot of things.
0: Wink, wink. Yeah. (laughs) Hashtag for the fans.
1: Yeah. Um, but it it wasn't a a social situation. I, I particularly, I particularly enjoyed, uh, it was something where I had a lot of FOMO at that time. Like, Mm -hmm. I just felt like there was so much happening in the world around me and it wasn't permeating to Binghamton. I didn't feel like those opportunities were around. Um, which definitely pushed me to move to New York city. Now that being said, there was, there were a lot of conversations. Um, pretty much. I thought i did wait,
0: wait, wait, hold on. What's the switch from I'm dropping out. I'm going to do mechanical
1: engineering too. Okay.
0: Okay. I, 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 okay, I, I want to make sure that you hit that. Yes,
1: Yeah. I'm going to hit that. So I thought I did bad on some of my finals and, uh, Guess what? You're an engineer, so the highest grade is going to be a 35 anyway. <laughs> so my 26 was like middle of the pack. So I ended up doing fine. I had like like almost like a 36 when I left. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just that thing where I'm like, I busted my ass so hard, and like I was up. Um, I, I was going to all my classes and staying up till like two in the library, which was like ridiculous. Cause the people who stay up till two in the library, like in my opinion, up to that point mm-hmm. were kids who didn't go to class. It was people who, who didn't care, but I was like, I'm doing double duty right now. And I'm still like, I'm, I'm pulling in fine grades, but like, it's it just the work life balance was not there for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, so when I got back home after uh, you know, I got my grades back, I was really sitting there thinking I'm like, do I want to do this again? I'm like in the classes are only going to get harder. That's I'm also more interesting.
2: Uh-huh. You're
1: going to get out of the, the general physics classes, get into stuff that's a little bit more relevant and probably, uh, will, will engage me a little bit more. I'll feel like I'm really gaining something from the education. Uh, but then I took a trip to Florida for Christmas uh-huh. that year. And I talked to my, my oldest brother and, uh, it was just like a very brief conversation we had. We were going to the the mall to go buy some Christmas stuff, and he was like, "So what are you doing?" And I told him I was like, "Oh well, you know, I'm I'm in engineering, and I don't know." And he was like, "Hey Pete, like when you're in engineering, you talk like this a lot, and you and, and, and move very fast. You're very staccato." He's like, "But like you seem much more relaxed when you're doing other creative things." Mm-hmm. And like it was pretty much just that, and then we started talking about when uh, we started talking about Young Thug or something like mm-hmm. it was on the radio. It was like very quick, but I don't think I've necessarily slowed down or gotten less staccato. But it was just that recognition where like I am more high stress. I'm operating on like a very high stress level when I was at that school, and and that major, yeah, and and in that major. Uh, and I was still applying to these other schools at that point. I would still had my applications into Cal Poly, into uh, Purdue, and I forget the other one was. But I still had the applications in there. But I said, let me look at my other options. just so happened that my friend Peter, uh, who was living in Brooklyn with my friend Eric,
2: mm.
1: was uh, actually going to go up to New Paltz. So he was leaving his little uh, bed he had in Brooklyn. Yeah. And I was able to slide in there. And I paid very, very little money. I got a... I was totally uh, just a, a huge shout out to to my boy Eric and Bobcia. Uh They they really hooked me up and got me gave me the opportunity to move to New York um, with a student's bank account and pretty much I said, hey, right now I can either go back to school and be miserable or I can go live in Brooklyn for four hundred bucks a month.
0: And we're back. From the break. That would have been the point in the episode where we actually put our sponsorships. We don't have any. (laughs) Oreo, if you want to sponsor us. Um, What was the name of that uh, company you said? The Butterfly Effect? Butterfly
1: Network. Butterfly Network. If you could send us some merch and some money, that would be awesome. (laughs) If you could send us yeah, a $2,000 ultrasound device.
0: Yeah, that would be sick. Don't know what I'm going to do with it. Wink, wink. And...
1: (laughs) Wink, wink. I'm just a male with an ultrasound device. Yeah, dude. Who's to say? <laughs> yeah,
0: dude, that's not a that. It's not good. It's <laughs> not a good book. Um, but yeah, dude, we got our coffee. We're back on set. Um, so the last thing we were talking about is you moved to Brooklyn for a four hundred dollar apartment for your friend Peter's, or you just moved.
1: Yeah. So so the deal is my friend Eric had. So pretty much, it's a one bedroom. It's a big one bed. It's a big bedroom. But anyway, so he was splitting it. It was,
0: it was a really nice apartment.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, was, it was definitely a nice place. Um, So he was, so we were sharing a bedroom. So his, he had a nice big setup in like the main area of the bedroom. So a lot of, just a quick background. So this is up in Greenpoint and a lot of these apartments were actually uh, like railroad apartments. Mm-hmm. So in some apartments there would have been another wall set up and this would have been a walkthrough small bedroom. Uh, Anyway, so they just knocked the, the wall down. So we were sharing a bedroom and I paid, uh, I paid like 400 bucks a month, uh, which was, Sick. An absolute blessing. Yeah. Uh, And the plan was I was supposed to be going to school at Burr Manhattan Community College.
0: Yeah. Wait, I was going to say, when did you make the decision then to just decide I'm not going back to Binghamton, but I'm not going anywhere else?
1: Yeah. So that was just an accident. (laughs) 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 Um, So I I applied uh, really rushed as soon as I got in there. I think it was even before I moved in uh, because it was all very fast. It was a matter of yeah, like because, I mean, 10 fi- days. Yeah,
0: finals hit, which is, like, mid-December. Yeah. You get the news from the recruiter lady that they don't even know about the program and engineering. And also, anyone who's going to Binghamton for engineering, unfollow us. <laughs> 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 no, we don't care. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Um, but that happens. Um, and then, like, you decide to move new- to New York City. And this is all within the 10-day Th-
1: This is, like, yeah, I'm trying to think. So... Yeah, I get, I get the news about the finals and I go down to uh, I have Christmas. So I, I would say it's probably in about two weeks, uh, I figure out that I am not going back to Binghamton. Mm-hmm. And then I make the choice to go to Lee Strasberg Theater and Film uh, mm-hmm. Institute, which is over in Union Square in New York City. We had had a few family friends who had recommended it. And uh, I'd, I'd actually been working with somebody who was uh, uh, a teacher there. And so it was kind of the move which made sense to me. It was something which I had a little bit of a base in. I had some knowledge. I didn't have any knowledge about acting in New York City at all. Yeah. At all prior to that. So that was like the one tidbit I had. I did some internet research. So I found some other things, but that was the only place I felt comfortable really like saying, this place is great. Yeah. Whether it was or not, Let's
0: we'll <laughs> see. Um, Wait. Yeah. I mean, I just want to drill down on this. Where along that two week period did you decide, I'm not, or I mean, if you don't know, if it was just like something that from Temple has just been like, you know, accumulating in your mind of like, okay, I'm gonna stop applying to engineering jobs. Was it after the conversation with your brother, and you were like, I'm gonna go do something with acting or writing?
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I got back, and then I was I was pretty much saying I was out, Uh, and then there was this girl who I was interested in from Binghamton. Anyway, that didn't pan out. And I was like, no way in hell I'm going back now. <laughs> um, uh, and that happened uh, – that, that was, like, around New Year's, I guess. So, anyway, I was like, yeah, forget that. Maybe I'll go back. And My plan was to go back. My plan was to take a semester off, see what was out there. It was funny because my friend Justin up at Binghamton uh, had a similar thing where he was having some, some academic issues too, and he was kind of just, like, not sure what he wanted to do at all.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I was – I was sitting there and I was telling him, like, dude, the world is huge. There's so many. You could go work on a farm. You could go to, like, a trade school. You just could go, like, learn how to do a trade and then do it. And if you don't like it, come back and get a degree. You'll be 26. Like, what's the difference? I was telling him all these things he could do and he could travel and this, that, the other thing. I was like, damn, man, there's a lot of stuff to do, isn't there? So, like, <laughs> I've been talking to him kind of. I've been trying to, you know, give him some guidance, give myself some guidance along the way. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, I decided I wasn't going back to Binghamton. And then I wasn't sure what I was gonna do, uh, but then I heard that probably at the same, at this New Year's Eve part, like around that time I was meeting with my friends, found out that there's gonna be some space open in Eric's apartment,
2: mm-hmm.
1: didn't really pursue it then. Then I figured out, okay, well, what do I wanna do? And I think my parents probably put some hard thing like ultimatums in front of me or kind of just really needed to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, all right, well, great. I know about this acting thing. I know about this, uh, this, this coach I have has been telling me about this, you know, he works in acting and I think what he does is really cool. And it doesn't seem just like acting as I, as I know it, I think like there's a lot more to explore there. And I had done act, uh, an acting class at Binghamton, which had gotten my, uh, gotten me, me warmed up to the idea of doing it. So anyway, I, I said, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I need to have to make a choice. So I, I applied did the whole application process. Uh, and then I said, "All right, well now I got to live there." So I gave Eric a message like, "Hey, is that bed open?" He's like, "Yeah, four hundred bucks a month." And I was like, "Sounds a little bit high." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, I, uh, I I got that space, which was awesome, and uh, and then there I was. It was January twenty sixth. Uh, I was in the in the process of applying to uh burb manhattan community college where mm-hmm. pretty much it was like hey guys like the deadline's passed mm-hmm. but you can still make it so i was going down there with transcripts and whatnot i had to get everything printed out and it was like man I'm just kind of going back and forth between their offices uh and the plan was to be doing this acting intensive
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which was pretty much on the weekends and at nights and then to be going to school during the day i was taking i think i was on the books for six credits i was like let me use keep some credits scrolling. Cause I had some credits from high school. I'm like, let me just stay on track. Mm. Uh, I went to the first like two classes for, uh, at Bourbon Hat community college. I was in a business law class and then I was in like a marketing 100 class, which was like mind numbing. No, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was,
0: no, I agree. I agree, That,
1: that was rough. Um, yeah, it was, it was still it was, shitting on my major, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean like that's, that's all I'm applying to right now. So it's marketing jobs. Uh, so anyway, so I, I, I was I was going to those classes and the deal was I didn't even have a student ID. So I was sitting there begging in like in the in a, in a security desk of the school. I'm like, please, man, I swear, <laughs> man, I'm a student. And I had like long hair at this time, I think. Or maybe I just cut it. It was still pretty long, like the length I have now. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. I'm just waiting for the registrar to pass me through, man. It's my money, man. And he was like, all right, fine. So they let me in uh, to these classes. And... Anyway, there was an issue with the registrar, and because I wasn't a New York City resident, I had to submit some kind of proof of residency that I lived in New York, and that would allow me to pay whatever, the $7,000 or $3,500 for the semester tuition, but if I didn't have that submitted, I would have to pay out-of-state rates, which is like 20 grand for a semester. Yeah. Yeah, and there was an issue where I got the paperwork done, but- like maybe something wasn't so, there was just some stupid issue yeah and they're like oh well you're gonna have to pay the 20 grand but then once you get the paperwork submitted you can like we can work it out and i was like that nah <laughs> i was like, like no nah, i'm dropping out <laughs> like forget it uh so then like, i kind of quietly just didn't end up going to that school i got you uh and just said yeah i'm acting full time uh which was not a full-time job i was definitely depressed i was sleeping for hours and hours every day i wasn't acting but it was very cool i was in new york for the first time and it's just so funny because i remember uh my friend eric pinch walking me to the subway station the first day that i had to go to class because i had no idea where it was and uh it just felt like such a big place and it was just like you know all the cars passing by because i've not been to the city before it's not like i was totally green but, uh, I just hadn't been in this neighborhood in, in Greenpoint before. And, and it's a very quiet neighborhood. So to me, yeah. I'm like, like, Oh my God, like, well, like, i like, get shot. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, eyes, <laughs> eyes down, eyes down. Uh, and it's just so funny now. Cause I, when I walk around and like, this is like, I, I know everything really well. I I wound up moving, uh, moving to an apartment very close to that first apartment I was in about a year and a half ago. And, uh, Anyway, it just feels like home now. It's just one of those things where like, I know it, like, the back of my hand. Mm-hmm. And it's just so funny to think at one point I was like – I just remember being so stressed. Like, oh, my – like, how do I get the subway? Like, where does it go? Exactly. Um, That's with everything, though. Right? Yeah.
0: Like, it's like you go to a new school, new job. It's like, shit, where's the coffee maker? Like, I, But, I mean, like, New York City, it's a lot of overstimulation. Yeah. Especially, like, day one.
1: Yeah. But, anyway, uh, I went to Lee Strasberg Theater and Film Academy or Institute, LSTFI. And I did an intensive. Uh, and I worked – I had the opportunity to work with so many people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, I say that so many people, it's like, whatever, there's 16 people in it, maybe. And a lot of them were from different countries and had like really varying experience. Some of them were, uh, had worked professionally in radio. Some of them had their own TV shows. Some of them are yeah, Broadway uh, mm-hmm. or just musical theater, uh, big time professionals uh, and other people were. Master students at NYU, some people had been from like North Carolina, one of my good friends. And I got so much exposure so quickly. It was even though I didn't think necessarily all of the classes and instructors I had necessarily resonated with me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that it really slingshotted me into like these are the kind of characters you're working with. And like it just it kind of humbled me in a way. Yeah. Um, and it gave me a lot of perspective. Uh, and it, as, as much as it humbled me, it also made me say, I'm, I'm in this thing. Like it, it, it indoctrinated me. Is that the right word? I was, no, not indoctrinated. I was, no, I don't
0: think you were indoctrinated.
1: I, like you, like it, 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 doesn't seem like it,
0: it seemed like it inspired you.
1: No, it's not the word.
0: I, I don't know. I was mean.
1: brought into the culture. I don't know. Is that I mean. not indoctrinated?
0: I, I, mean, I mean, maybe.
1: All right. Maybe. Somebody go ahead and check this out. We're going to go ahead. Sean, you want to check out what does indoctrinated mean? Peter, you're right. All right. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so I, I was brought into this thing, and I felt like I kind of had some. Uh, I felt like I had some street right? cred. Mm-hmm. And anyway, and then I, I started. Initiated. Acting. Yeah, yeah. I was I, I was initiated. Yeah, that might be the word.
0: Yeah, maybe that's throwing it. <laughs> Dude, I was just trying
1: to think of it. Okay, okay, great, great, great. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> Cool, 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 cool,
1: cool, 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 Um yeah, so anyway, I uh, I was in it and now I'm acting. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, started doing a few student films and I did uh, a lot more of those and then I showed up on set as an extra, which was really cool. Yeah. First extra gig I worked on was Homeland and I uh, <laughs> this is just funny. Like, so there's like a shot list that all the producer, like all the people who are involved in the production get. And like, it goes over to like what happens in each scene. Yeah. And when you're walking through, when you have extras, you're just supposed to grab like your I nine and like your W four or whatever it is. That's just like your tax paperwork just in like, I'm working today. Yeah. And I just go down the line and somebody put that down there who was just probably working, like we just like turn around to grab something else. And so I just grabbed their shot list too. So I had like, I grabbed a, uh, what was it? I grabbed like two documents that I was not supposed to have. <laughs> and that were, like, and like, anyways, like all the extras are also, there's like 200 of us. There's like a big, uh, big, big day.
2: Yeah. We're
1: right down in Brooklyn. And we were sitting around like, oh man, I wonder when they're gonna need us. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh well, it looks like the next shot is at this, and it's gonna be the car chase where Beep dies. And they're like, what? What? Everybody's freaking out. They're like, how do you know that? I'm like, oh, I'm like, no, it's downstairs. He's at the table. He's got a, you know, he got the papers when you come in. They were like, no, you don't. <laughs> and then anyway, I left it there, uh, like on the table. Again.
0: Once you realized, you were like, oh no.
1: <laughs> so so I went out. I did my scene. When I came back. That was missing. I, I don't think. Like, I didn't put my social on any of my stuff until I handed it in because I had a little bit of wherewithal. But, like, somebody came and stole that. And I don't yeah. know if they leaked it on Reddit or something. Um, I didn't. I didn't. I did. I did not. In case you're wondering, Showtime, if you Wait. want to employ me, I've always <laughs> been very, very responsible. It was it was employees on your production side who should be watched. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, They yeah.
0: should be fired.
1: Yeah, they and He sh- should
0: be hired. Yes,
1: yes. You should give me the job. But anyway, so... Uh, and then I, I started acting. I kept doing that two years. And then I decided uh, just kind of a, in a financial situation where uh, mom and dad were like, hey, if you want to go back to school, like, I'll give you a hand. Like, hey, Peter, uh, do you want to get a degree and stop uh, making us uh, be be sad about what you're doing with your life? <laughs> well,
0: were, were they supportive?
1: No, they were very supportive. They were very supportive the whole time. Um, I, I think it was more so uh, I was just, it's just very difficult when you're working in something that is i'm not sure if you know this but apparently acting is kind of like a tough like nut to crack you know what i mean like it's kind of a it's kind of difficult thing to get into so uh it was just difficult for me because i'm somebody who's really results driven yeah and i wasn't necessarily getting the results i wanted and it was just hard to i was trying to work you know freelance jobs wherever i could just like doing event production stuff and uh so it was was just hard to, to to make life work at that time for me and anyway so yeah my parents were like hey if you want to uh go ahead and go back to school like we're all, did, like did you bring this up to them no no uh-huh i i think i've kind of been like lukewarm to the idea of going back to school i don't think i had been totally sure i was i've been calling myself a dropout but i don't know if i was totally sure about it i got you anyway so the point is i went back to school uh i got in this great program uh, yeah. which uh My friend's mom actually found for me like uh, it was funny because i was like looking for it and i just couldn't find it it was an individualized degree program they took all my credits Uh, i couldn't recommend it highly enough it's called the cuny ba program it's through the city university of new york and you make a uh, an individualized degree you kind of map out your coursework and you get it approved by a uh, by an advisor and it goes through a review board and uh, you get approved and you get to study what you want to study so it's a really great opportunity and it let me graduate really quickly um they took so many of my credits whereas uh, a lot of schools were were not taking them i was gonna have to spend another three years at school um Mm -hmm. which i was not interested in at all so anyway so i was able to graduate and i was able to keep on working on productions and yeah (laughs) and now i'm here
0: and now you're here and honestly pete i was gonna say this is the highlight of your career but it's not (laughs) this is not the highlight (laughs) Oh, dude. But yeah yeah that's that's funny right it's like i i could i can imagine like a majority of people's parents who are like their kids are engineers or like aspiring engineers and then they say hey i'm not going to do this i'm going to go live in new york city and try to become an actor i could imagine there would be some tension there but
1: oh yeah no it's, it's so funny because i just remember i posted on a, a facebook group that was a it was a Binghamton Facebook group or maybe it was Binghamton's actual Facebook. They were like, like what's one thing you have to do during your time here at Binghamton. And I got the most like post. My post was like more than their initial post was. And I said, drop out. <laughs> <laughs> and I got the most likes. but then I had all these people, like, well, you must be very proud of what you're doing. Aren't you? Anyway, these people. Uh, their own. Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially at a school like Binghamton, I imagine a lot of, parents were probably not supportive of their, of their kids being able to uh, go out, drop out of school and uh, chase other careers. So I, I was very lucky.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that that's like extremely interesting, right? It's like those years, I, I mean, I, especially like, I mean, a little bit of a callback, but I remember like when we were, when I, when you had originally dropped that and we had gone to that pizza shop, um, you were like very, very inspired. And then like a year later, you know, you you weren't in school at all and you were just living in the city and you were acting and I don't feel like you were having a lot of success at the time which, very different now, right? But, um...
1: <laughs> is that not true? <laughs> I mean, I, maybe I've just changed the bar a little bit. I think, like I said, I was very results driven. I might have set the bar a little bit high. Yeah, I don't know. It, it seemed like you were a little down on yourself.
0: It, it seemed like there was a lot of moments of self-doubt and insecurity. Not only just with um the results, but like I don't know. Maybe it was just that. I don't know. You seem you seem a lot happier now. Now that you've been on streaming platforms and mm, cable TV, mm, and, <laughs> cable television changes a man. And, and you have a degree and student films. It's so. So how did that go? How, how, how does how did how did you go from struggling actor to semi struggling actor
1: to um hitting the pavement? I think that's something where it's like no matter what you do. I think we've talked about this before. It's like either every day you're either going to get better or you're going to get worse at what you're doing. And that's just a matter of it's like, are you going to work or are you not going to work? Um, and I can't say that I have. Grade A, A1, you know, D1 athlete work ethic. I, mm-hmm. I don't think that I do. I think that I have, I have way too much self-doubt sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, I, I get those. I, I lack serotonin sometimes and and it slows me down. I don't have a great. uh kind of kind of regiment set up all the time. But in general, I think that uh, I, I do judge myself a lot. So it's, it's a double-edged blade
2: mm-hmm.
1: where uh, I knew I had to go out there and I had to keep on showing up. And I did that pretty much long enough. And it was like, all right. And over the course of 18 months, I showed up enough times where I was able to get a reel together. And a reel is, for those who don't know, it's just, it's clips of you acting in different things and you're able to, you stitch it together and you send it out to your, know whatever be an agent your casting director whenever you submit for a part so anyway so then i had a decent reel because i'd show up to a lot of things and Mm -hmm. i had some variation in there
0: and you weren't getting paid at at all for no i
1: really wasn't getting paid i mean uh, a few things would give me stipends and i mean i got yeah i got paid more for extra work Mm -hmm. than i did for doing a a lot of the films i did and that being said though like i uh my my probably my crown jewel of my of my (laughs) career so far five stars Uh Lincoln Bio. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Lincoln Bio. Uh no, it was just a great, great film that we shot, and I didn't get paid uh a lick for that. And and it was one of my one of my favorite experiences. I mean, like I busted my ass and it was I was living with my brother in Queens at the time and I was shooting from six PM to six AM every day. And I wasn't uh I wasn't union. And what that meant was pretty much is that we can call in Peter as early as we want and hold them as long as we want. <laughs> so like, I, it's one of these things where I, I have nothing but great feelings for everybody uh, on that project, but like I would shoot in like the first scene mm-hmm. and then they'd hold me, they'd shoot the other actors parts and then they'd shoot me last. So like literally the last day of shooting. So this is like six days, five or six days we shot this film and like we're, we're cramming my coverage and, um, we left it to like the very last day, which is just, you know, the camera angles just on me. And as the sun is coming up and the whole thing's supposed to take place over the course of the night. So I'm bugging out and I don't even know if we were able to use all the footage. Yeah. Uh, but the point is, yeah, they were like, ah, Peter, let's just, let's just keep him around for 12 hours. <laughs> like, that's the, like, come on, like what's the worst that could happen?
0: That's crazy. Right. Because I, mean, but I mean like that is why, uh, I mean, you have been successful to this point and I'm extrapolating here, but I think you will be successful in the future, right? It's like that—that that groundwork, and the ability to just—we're well, not ability, but just the mind frame of like, I'm gonna—I'm gonna do whatever it takes. Yeah. Um, and going off that, was that kind of it, like, was that the moment that you knew, oh, I'm—I—I I can do this for real. Like I, I asked the, Matt Maloney in the previous episode, when was the moment you noticed like, oh, like I'm actually good at this, and nobody can tell me that I'm not. Um. Was it five stars or was it much earlier in the journey?
1: It it, it was much earlier in the journey. I think there was part of it where it was like, so I had acted when I was younger, I had done some stage plays and like, I I think that I had, again, you face points of doubt when it's Mm -hmm. just like, all right, like I always knew I could do it. I always knew that at least the talent base was there, but there's tactical skills and there's work which has to be done,
0: and also there is opportunity.
1: Yeah, I, like, absolutely. Like,
0: like, yeah, like
1: luck is a big part of it in in pretty much anything. Yeah, uh, luck is is critical to success. Uh, but then again, it's like, but if you're not knocking, you're not making opportunities. Like, you need to you need to make enough opportunities so luck can strike at one of them.
0: Yeah, hundred percent.
1: And anyway, but no, but that that moment was way before. I mean, when I was doing five stars, it it just felt great because it felt like I was in it. It just felt great because I was in it and I was doing it and it was six days straight and I had done rehearsals and I love my castmates too. It was yeah. all like really, like really good people, really funny people, people that really worked hard. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a great job casting that thing. Yeah. Um, and it's really funny. Like, yeah. Yeah.
0: That, I I mean, I, I haven't watched all of your stuff, but that was the first thing that I watched and I was like. Oh, this is actually really good yeah. <laughs> like like a lot of times like i mean like even with this podcast right like you listen to an episode and you'll be like oh this is fine for my friend doing it yeah but it's like no like when i watched five stars i was like oh this is like good for real yeah like i i mean like i might have watched that just if i didn't know anybody in it
1: yeah you know? yeah exactly and it's cool to finally have that so i would say it's like once five stars released i was like oh man I, I was, I was so happy. Because I was like, yeah, this is great. Like to me, it kind of re- like reflected the work which we did on set. That's yeah. one thing as an actor and as somebody who's working on a set in general, I've worked in a few different capacities on set, but it's like you don't know what the final product is going to look like unless, you know, unless you're watching dailies and you're doing all the, unless you're doing all the things you should be doing, <laughs> which I don't, I don't know a lot of uh, young content and filmmakers necessarily do uh, you you don't know what that final product is going to look like, and I was just so happy that it was something I was like, oh damn, this is this is entertaining. Yeah, yeah,
0: this they're, is good. It's they're... like a se- it's a sense of validation. Yeah, and and you know what's funny? Like while you were talking about that, I was thinking about like there's this like song lyric by Kendrick, or not even song lyric, but like there's just this quote by Kendrick Lamar that I always think about. It's like yo, they really about to let us into rap game, and it's like it's kind of that moment of like yo, I'm like really in this shit. Like I'm I'm doing this like for real. Mm. and i feel like when i five, saw five star that was kind of my moment like looking in for you of like oh he's really an actor yeah you know so i mean that's why i asked the question but
1: yeah and, it, and it's funny it's one of those things where like i think it's a very hard i don't think you would quantitatively you know make the uh make the thresholds for it for it just changes for everybody but it's that thing where um I think by that point, I also kind of, I, like you said, I'd done so many projects before that, which hadn't even finished getting made. Exactly. Um, so like there was a level where I was kind of calloused and I think you have to be as a creative and as somebody, as an entrepreneur, as somebody calloused, calloused to, to the outside yeah, yeah, and no other noise. people's opinions. I mean, that's the name of the, rejection is the name of the game. Like I don't even, I don't even recognize it as such because when you're like, I try out and I submit for so many, mm-hmm. I do so many auditions uh, and I don't get them. Yeah, and that's just like so. Rejection is it, but then on top of it, having somebody say what you did sucked,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's like, all right, great, yeah. fantastic. Like, yeah. I, I actually like. There's a level where it's like when you're when you're developing art and stuff. I think it's important to like understand the way people perceive things. Like You just want to make sure you have good self awareness. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of where people's opinions kind of help you keep yourself in check in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, you kind of got to kind of turn down the volume on them yeah. and like not necessarily care what they're saying about what you're doing
0: yeah i mean it's it's such like you know basic advice that you would see on instagram of like you know put your ear like your fingers in your ears and just like listen to yourself um but it's like it's so true like a lot of rejection is really just serendipity of just like I, i mean especially like in acting or in sales or whatever it is right it's like you like you might just not have the right facial hair Mm. (laughs) right like it, it it doesn't have anything to do and it's like in sales right like they just might be looking to diversify their vendors or it's like they just signed a contract it's like literally like a majority of rejection is not personal yeah a lot of rejection is just it's not the right time and i think that goes back to what you were saying about luck of like you just gotta like if there are a thousand opportunities right and five of them are the right opportunities That's it. Like you just got to knock on a thousand doors, and you can't be discouraged by the nine hundred ninety-five that had nothing to do with you. But to also that extent, it's like you do have to be open to long-term feedback of people who you trust. Where it's like, if you do knock on five hundred doors, and you know you're rejected, but you're delusional to the effect of like, oh, like dude, I go in here and I like am not doing this and this and this correctly. Um, so it, so it is kind of an interesting balancing act of like being like, I'm great at this. I'm not going to take this rejection personally, but what can I learn from this? Mm. Um, and I, and, and you know, what's funny. I actually do remember a conversation me and you had at a diner after we didn't get into a <laughs> club. <laughs> when I,
1: I, I don't know. The 500th that, time. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah um but i don't know if you remember this but uh, we were talking about the idea of extreme ownership mm. um and, and and we were talking about this with relation to acting of like i was like no dude you have to take every criticism into um like like into the repertoire of iteration um and i don't agree with that anymore mm. <laughs> like that is something that it's like i think you should but i don't think you should take like the level of value you place to it has to be different from the source it's coming from. Um, and oh, I think, and, and I think especially in art and tell me if I'm right or wrong, but yeah, dude, like creative thing is so subjective that the rejection, you just can't take it personally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that it also, it also depends on what your goals are. Mm-hmm. Cause for instance, if I decide I'm going to sell out and do a commercial piece and it bombs like I failed at my, like there was a tangible goal there that was going to be commercially successful and put food on the table and it didn't. So I think that there's some things where it's like, yeah, you need to uh, set what, what am I going to measure with this? What will measure my success here? Sometimes it's hard to do, but I think that um, it's something which you kind of need to put out. It's like, Oh, just like, for instance, sometimes just with my performance. Uh, And anyway, yeah, I, I think you're definitely right. You don't need to take everybody's criticism uh, straight to heart and, and measure it all at the same weight. But sometimes there are things where it's like, I mean, talking about art and content, it's like sometimes you have goals and you just didn't reach them. And what you did was wrong.
0: <laughs> and we're back. Kind of. Again, people, this is where our sponsors would be. <laughs> if anybody knows any sponsorships, I would love to sell out. That would be sick. Um,
1: In a very serious way, this is like exactly what I – would love to work with is like brand partnerships and uh in marketing development. So, like, uh, I won't pay you anything. No, no well, 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 can I get? I oh know, I just got a piece of the pie. I'll give you 10%. <laughs> a finders a, no, I'll
0: give you a finder's fee.
1: Give me a finder's fee. You
0: want 20% of my
1: what if you had to pay to 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 mention to name drop them? What do you mean you had to pay them?
0: I had to pay them? Yeah, you're
1: like, you you to pay to say, this is brought to you by Apple.
0: I would be like, you know that company that makes technology and it's a fruit? Don't buy that.
1: <laughs> we don't like that.
0: We're not friends. Um, But yeah, we, uh, yeah, we were um, just talking about where we want to take this podcast or what kind of direction uh, we want the rest of the show to go.
1: Yeah, and so what I was saying is, is that I'm trying to introduce Tom to what I like
0: in podcasts.
1: <laughs> um, I, I really like, I don't know, I, maybe uh, maybe observational humor, isn't it? But, like, I I like stuff to be light. And, like, we've been sticking to a pretty strong narrative, right? Yeah. Or at least we're just, uh, just going chronologically, at least. And I think we're hitting some like great interview questions. Like, it's a great interview yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, like, for those of you who don't know, which is actually everyone, but when Tom and I get together and start talking, it can get pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, we've we've spent – I God knows how many hours at 45 Wall Street, just like straddling that counter, just like a different <laughs> side. just going on for hours. Like I show up, like where are we going? Like we're going to the LES. It's like, did you see what happened? The-? <laughs> and then it just goes goes down the the drain.
0: Yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, dude. I I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't. I, I. don't want this podcast to just be a bunch of interview questions. But it, it's hard to like build, like just just complete narrative off nothing.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, man. You know what it is, dude. It's like one guy podcasts. Uh, well, I mean, there are two of us here. but I'm saying maybe Tom, you had a second seat. <laughs> I'm just, I, don't, I don't know, man. Like like I said, I don't have a job. Anybody want to employ me? You can, but. In the meantime. (laughs) Peter, are you trying to make this the Tom and Peter? (laughs) You can keep your name. And I'm not even saying it has to be me, but we talked about young Sean. Young Sean Sean working as the tech here. I mean, this is one thing which we had just been talking about. So for those of you who don't know, the Tom Kenny Show.
0: Tom Kenny Show slash podcast slash podcast international, world-renowned podcast.
1: <laughs> Tom Kenny's show is actually uh, broken up into 30-minute segments as limited by the technology which we are recording on. And Tom was saying that, uh, so initially he had a goal for last year of recording three episodes. Mm-hmm. This year he wants to do 30. And he's, he was talking about investing. So anyway, I was thinking, if we're investing, we're getting the technology in here, it's like you might as well get a second seat in here uh, or somebody at least to, to run the, the dictionary lookup. up. Have, on, have,
0: have the Jamie?
1: Yeah, yeah. We want the we want the Jamie. We want your Jamie. I'm the J
0: R E podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I understand. I mean, but Pete, this is the thing. I don't have any money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> have you paid anybody that comes on the show? No. No. And this is the thing. You just find somebody else who's who's interested. see hmm. Somebody who wants to be in podcast production. For instance, uh, my friend Dustin, who was the uh, the third third producer see or the second or first whatever he's just the other producer on east hills uh his girlfriend started a podcast and i think that he's kind of producing on it and i think that uh especially in in time of coronavirus that there is uh an increased focus on on podcasts and kind of remote uh productions so i think there's I don't think you'd have a hard time finding somebody who wants to jump on it. Uh, Again, the question is just creatively, but you guys agree.
0: Yeah, exactly. Maybe
1: you'll have a falling out. Maybe (laughs) put it on the tabloids. I
0: lose 50% of my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it would be nuts. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I don't know the direction that I. I mean, we were talking originally of where we want to take this conversation, and now under it's, the stairs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and now it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know where I want to take this podcast. I mean, I have, I mean, when I say I have a goal of doing thirty episodes, I have a goal of like, I've got a list, and I think I've said this to you, but like, I had a list of about fifteen to twenty people that I want to like, want to interview, um, build up the skill set of it. And then I have, like, a list of, like, 15 careers that, like, I want to interview. Mm. So, like, I would love to interview, like, like a stripper. I would love to interview, um, like, a real estate agent. I would love to interview, like, a CEO. But I mean, like, a CEO. I mean, an Instagram CEO. I don't mm-hmm. mean a uh, <laughs> Fortune 500. <laughs> um, but, yeah, dude. Like, I, I'm, I'm not sure the direction. And it's, like, uh, yeah. Like, I'm, I don't know if I want to keep doing the interview style. But um, yeah, it's iteration.
1: I love it because you're a guy who loves information. You read a lot of books. I'm sure you've mentioned it, and the listeners, uh, whoever listened, the fans, yeah, the fans, fans, people who know you. uh, You're the man of like twenty thousand pages. Uh, So I think you do a great job of extracting information. I think you do a really good job of kind of pinning these things down. But you're also very you're also very funny, and I think that yeah, you're a great listener. You're terrible at hearing. You have terrible hearing, but you're a great listener.
0: That's true, dude. Uh that's <laughs> that, that that's who I am. <laughs> uh and,
1: and I just think that, yeah, to give to give another seat here. Then again, if this is the place you want to talk, you go ahead. This be your talking place. But if you have another seat here, um, somebody who can keep it going, I think it gives you more opportunity to kind of show uh another, you know, another skill in your repertoire. I think you're able to make good commentary sometimes.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, at, at this point, I'm not really looking to bring in like – I'm not trying to bring in another seat. Mm. But like somebody – like you know how like on um, on like late night TV, there's the host
1: yeah, and there's yeah. the
0: secondary guy? Yeah, yeah, precisely. I should have a secondary guy.
1: No, 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 pers- pers- no, that's exactly what I want. No, no, it is still the Tom Kenny show. There okay. are no questions about it. But that that's the question. It's like do you want somebody who's just behind the scenes who you're throwing it off to or somebody who's there as more of a support man? That's good. It's like Andy, whatever. On, yeah, on it's mean, so
0: funny. I was thinking Conan is my favorite late night TV host. I um, yeah, I don't like anybody else really. I mean, I think Kimball's fine. I hate Fallon, and I hate uh, what's the uh, British guy?
1: Oh, James. He does. Oh, the, uh, I don't. Yeah, I have. I've never even watched it before. Yeah, yeah. James Corden yeah.
0: is. I. You know what it is? I don't like people who are like too nice. It seems. It just seems fake to
1: it's me. It's fake. I mean, everybody hates him. Like. All the comedians like that I listen Norman? to, or hey, hey, hey James names? Corden. Yeah. They, yeah. Don't, they don't like him. They, they think he's fake. And like, it's kind of watered down. Like, what's the point of what you're doing? That being said, I've never watched the show. James Corden, if you want to talk to me, I'll be a very nice guy. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just repeating what I've heard from yeah. professionals.
0: Yeah, dude. I don't know. It just seems like <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> Damn, dude. Um, yeah, yeah, dude. I don't know. I just I yeah, it doesn't seem real. Like, whereas like Conan will do he just he just seems like a regular person.
1: Yeah, I mean I remember uh watching Conan when I was like in a motel, probably driving back from South Carolina when I was like nine. Uh mm-hmm. and I just remember his old setup and anyway, I, I I liked old Conan a little bit better. I think he's yeah. gotten a little bit. <sighs> A little bit more mainstream, probably a little bit more relaxed. His mind might not be as sharp. Conan, I think you still think you're pretty funny, but I remember being a little bit more edgy, but maybe it was also because I was eight. Um, so this is the thing where it's just like recalling
0: things yeah dude I also think the arc of Conan's career is like very interesting it's like he literally like he he was on the Tonight show for like a week and a half and then he got fired <laughs> and then he yeah, had like had to like restart his career on like TVs and a different network and it's like yeah I don't know I i I, I mean he's awful he's also a very interesting character and in the fact that like he went to Harvard mm. like he's extremely smart um he's funny I don't know, dude.
1: That's something which is so funny, which to some degree I understand it. But we had talked about this uh, in our first break, just as far as uh, generalizations and kind of how we tend to pigeonhole ourselves sometimes. Because, for instance, what Tom had said to me, he's like, it's funny that, you know, we're talking about it now. You've made this decision to go into acting. And, you know, as far as uh, choices which you've made and like you've really you've invested in it but it still kind of feels like you're in between this acting and engineering or or, or developing something for the real world. And it's one of those things where I'm like, well, I am trying to do both. But the question is like, well, do I need to split it up and say that I am one thing or another? Um, But for instance, like, yeah, Conan went to Harvard and there's so many people in entertainment uh, who are really, really intelligent. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, whatever, just uh, they come out, like whether they make – you know statements regarding climate and political, whatever it is. The thing is, and a lot of times they get hawked on because it's like, oh, you're you're an entertainer. This is what you do. This is what you're supposed to do. But I'm like, well, same time. It's like if this person wasn't an entertainer. Like they could more or less be like a guest on a lot of these networks. You know what yeah. I mean? So I get it. it's a matter of uh, like if I'm here to watch an entertainment thing, I can be like, all right, this is this is what I signed up for. Like <laughs> wrong channel. Uh, but like yeah, really intelligent people. Um, and I think. Especially with actors too, like with good ones. Uh, I think that a lot of them have really great like, emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and really understand uh, a lot of pieces of the human condition really pretty well. And
0: I feel like you have to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think some people are, I think some people can articulate it better. I think that's the difference. Like, I think mm-hmm. some, it's so interesting. It's like your ability to articulate what you understand is really important and kind of like being understood as being a smart person to a lot Mm -hmm. of people. Yeah. But I think there are some people who just, they feel and they don't necessarily know how to articulate. They don't have to put it into words. Yeah. Uh, And, and yeah, and and they feel, and they might not come off again. They might just not, may not be Mm well-educated, but they're very intelligent.
0: I agree with that. Yeah. You know what else I think is like really interesting is like, um, yeah i mean the articulation of it but a smart person and i mean you you could say this for anything like how many things does a a really intelligent person need to say that's intelligent for you to have an understanding that they're smart right Mm. or how many things does like a funny person need to say that's funny for you to be like oh that's really funny you know and it's like i i think they're different whereas like intelligence I think you could be having a conversation with somebody and then, you know, you can just be having a silly, like little goofy time and they'll say something and you'll be like, Oh, this guy's really smart. Or this girl's really smart. Um, So, so it's like, I, I agree to an extent where it's like the ability to articulate is extremely important, but I don't think you need to have, like, I, I don't think you need to continually articulate it.
1: No, no. I, yeah. I agree. I think that yes, like, I think- I, like,
0: I think just one or two things, over the course of a conversation, you can get a pretty general sense of like, or a pretty good sense of like how smart somebody is. Yeah.
1: No. Cause then you also have people who seem to start rattling things off and presenting arguments in a specific form or fashion where you're like, mm-hmm. are you trying just to show me your intelligence? Is Are you trying to put on display something for like an mm-hmm. interviewing, like this isn't a job that you're yeah, getting exactly. right now. Like, and like ch- chop it back there guy. Yeah, but uh, and like, I think you're saying it's like, somebody who can just bring up a point, which is kind of um...
0: like, a, like somebody who's really smart doesn't need to show you that they're smart. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's like, uh, like I, I think Matthew is really good at this or, or I mean, I mean, I think Matthew, I, I think all of our friends are extremely smart. Um, But like Matthew, we, like, especially on our road trips, right. We'll just be like talking or whatever. And he'll just come in with like one sentence or like one like thing. And, and it's all like, like there's one memory that i have very clearly in our head of uh from our last road trip and it's like oh damn that guy's extremely insightful mm. and i, I don't want to share it because it's personal but
1: mm. like yeah yeah no i think i agree the other funny thing about matthew is is that listen he, to the
0: listen to that episode it's
1: he, a great he, episode he man. has such little regard for like the converse so when we do road trips there's there were six of us in the last one, yeah. right?
0: I, I I like when all of us were there.
1: Oh oh, I mean this is great. This is the first time there were six of us. Yeah, um, like
0: like I like that was my favorite. Yeah like, yeah, it, it's a great.
1: No, time. that was a great time. But but the point is that Matthew will be sitting there reading a book <laughs> or like how is that? He, No, sorry, Matthew doesn't read. Matthew has books read to him. <laughs> so so like so people so like he, he has this ability to amaze you where you're like wow that point from like five minutes ago you're like damn. Like, how did he even sort that out? It's because Matt only tuned in for like two seconds, yeah. picked up on that one sentence, sat there, listened to like you know like his book, and then came back in, and was like, "Did you ever like look at it like this?" Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm not knocking his intelligence, but it's just he has great timing. Like, is is what I would say to me. To me, it seems mysterious. Like, I, I think Matthew is enigmatic in some sort of way, yeah. and I think like when he when he decides to tune in and like give, offer some wisdom or kind of put his finger to a pressure point um i I think it has more to do with interest than timing inch yeah uh well i I guess i'm saying more so in like like universally time like it's not necessarily something which he is timing himself yeah yes but exactly his interest is only in so many few fine plays oops sorry i just spit all over tom it
0: It was wide right (laughs) um no yeah yeah but um yeah, so I mean I mean I mean like smart people don't need to say many smart things.
1: Does a funny guy need to say a lot of funny things to be funny? Is that what I, you
0: were saying? I I think it is different. Where it's like you like with intelligence, I feel like it's like a um I don't know. Like I, I mean I haven't really sussed this out in my own mind, but it's like intelligence, it seems like if you can say something really insightful, you don't need to say a lot of them. Mm. but like you can i or this is what i would say i think it's easier to come up with something really funny as a one-off than it is to come up with something really insightful as a one-off
2: um
0: whereas like a funny guy like you could say like one or like a funny line but i don't think anybody's gonna really like think you're funny yeah like you know what i mean whereas like i i think i I do think it's different with intelligence but i do think there is like a um I don't know maybe it has to also do with the volume of the things you say where it's like if you say 10 things and nine of them are really funny but you know somebody else says like 100 things and nine of them are funny then like i don't know i think it's a sliding scale
1: yeah yeah i mean i'm just thinking though like in my mind we are we still recording why
0: is this not going
1: We're we're experiencing
0: Hey, everybody. We actually didn't have technical difficulties. Um, we stopped recording for a second because we thought we did, but now we're back.
1: Yeah, we are still uh, – it's, it's working. We thought it wasn't working, but it is. We're here. And we're um, here, yeah. But what, what were we just talking about off camera? So, yeah. So so off, we were just talking about – Tom just came. Tom just turned over to me. He was like, man.
0: Oh, what? yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can give the pretext. Um one of the things i i say a lot and even even sometimes i think it is um when i'm sussing out an idea is i don't know
2: mm. when, and
0: it's just kind of like a mental stoppage for me of like oh this this, this is too complex or like whatever it's like i don't want to think about it but it's like i just think it's so intellectually lazy for me to like just stop thinking and and it's, it and i do it in conversation when i'm unsure and i'm like oh no this person like it's going to think that like i don't know what i'm talking about but yeah i I think it's one of my worst qualities of like i don't know you know
1: yeah i think it's very hard just especially when you're in a conversation with another person Mm -hmm. i mean that being said i i know you've done it in conversations with multiple people as well but i think that it's one of those things where you want to keep the ball rolling Mm -hmm. the, the momentum of the conversation so rather than taking the time to like sort through your your thought right there and take that pause it's easier just to kind of say i don't know i i agree
0: the problem is though i do it in my own mind Mm. it's not only just like a conversation like stoppage gap or like yeah you know for the momentum it's like i like i love to go on like long walks not listen to anything i try to go for like an hour a day and just like think Mm. um and yeah just like a lot of times i'll be like thinking about like some idea or like some problem I'm having and I'll be like, Oh, I don't know. And it's just, I, and I I recently, probably within the last year I've caught myself and been like, that's, that's horrible. Like, like even if I don't know, like go further.
1: Yeah. And this is, I was, uh, I, I suggested to Tom that this was reminiscent of a conversation we had had one time at his place where I think we were just talking about being interesting. Yeah. Um,
0: I, I very much remember this conversation.
1: Yeah. And, uh, it was something which which I picked up from acting it's funny just the way in which you are able to apply teachings you pick up like a lot of teachings just kind of universal um, with acting I get a little bit scared mm-hmm. that might be just, oh no this is sociopathy is what you're learning <laughs> like you can't do this with real people that's not acting that's sociopathy yeah. um, but what I had suggested was just, like just have an opinion just go ahead and have an opinion so Well, when you're in your head and you start having opinions and you start combating opinions in your head and you have two voices talking, it might turn from sociopathy to another S word, schizophrenia, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) schizophrenia, eh? But no, the point is, is that uh, just choose a position. If you're unsure of what's happening in your own mind, or it's kind of one of those things where you start thinking about something and you say, oh, well, actually another side of you comes in like morally, like, I don't, I don't agree with that. Choose a moral position or choose that initial impulse position and go ahead and run with that and see where you wind up because I think it's a great tool in conversation and problem solving mm-hmm. where it's like rather than get get hung up here and I don't know, wait to meander and chew on it for a while and see where mm-hmm. it winds up, choose a position and run with it. Make a decision and then uh, you run to a place you don't like, make another decision. Uh, that's like That's a key point in acting and I think it really transfers to so many other things where choosing between... Straddling two things is so boring and nothing gets accomplished. And now mm. I'm realizing I got to go do some stuff on I get at home. I got to <laughs> go make some choices. But you're, you need to make a choice. And then if you made the wrong choice, then you just make the other choice and go back. Now, that being said, don't kill anyone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I remember having that conversation. And well, just two points here one i remember having that conversation and very clearly something that you said that i'll always remember is just have an opinion and it's like it, it's such a simple thing and i mean like i mean obviously you have to pick and choose your spots with this but mm. it's like it's not universal advice but um yeah just have an opinion mm. and I, I for me at that time it was such great advice um but going back into what you were saying of um Having, having an opinion i actually forgot what what, what were we what? what what were we just talking about i know i i was just remembering that conversation <laughs> we were having but i i forgot what we were originally talking about but um strata oh i remember um choose, uh, making a decision and then making another decision mm. i feel like that's kind of how you live your life mm. like and it's like you know you know you go to Binghamton, oh that's not the right decision bang and it's something i really admire about you is like You're always willing – and again, correct me if I'm wrong. You're always willing to change course to something that's either more optimal, more effective, or something that's going to bring you more happiness. Mm. Um, Even – and this is just what I've observed is if you're unsure or if you're insecure or have Mm. self-doubt, do you agree with that assessment or is that just kind
1: of – Yeah, I think that's putting it in a – in a pretty good light <laughs> Definitely, that that is some good light. You set some really nice lights around. It's lit pretty, pretty nicely there. Put it in your reel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I would say is like under some, some works lighting conditions, uh, it can be yeah, an inability to commit sometimes mm-hmm. uh, to not see things uh, through to completion, which I hope that's not true. And I know that I've, I've seen a lot of things through to completion
0: Wink wink. <laughs>
1: uh, no, but I, I know that I've 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 gone through a lot of things to the end, at least or, or what you know, the book isn't done writing itself yet. So yeah, I, I hope it is in that light of where I've I've made a decision and maybe it's kind of like hedonistic or something where I'm like I'm going to do what is most optimal, which I enjoy the most at this mm-hmm. moment. Uh but you know, this kind of goes back just kind of why I left school and it's it's come up a lot of at a lot of points in my life. It's come up right now. So I've been searching for a job. And uh, just one of those things where I started applying to these jobs which I'm not even interested in, but then I still have to go do interviews. I still have to go into the city, get dressed up. I still have to iron clothing and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why am I going to go through all this damn trouble to do something I don't want to do? Like, why would I work? Well, the answer is money because I need to put food on the table. I need to get myself a plate. So there are reasons, but it's just one of those things where if you have the opportunity when it's not necessarily when it's not necessarily a necessity, uh go for what you want to do because you might fail doing the thing you don't want to do. Uh and it's again, it's one of those things where tomorrow's never promised today.
0: Momento more.
1: It's it's a stoic saying of um
0: whatever you do, keep death in mind. Yeah. The clock is always ticking.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you, you want to go ahead and exactly just say whatever I was doing yesterday was, was worth it. And again, I think there's something which is uh, I'm trying to find a better word, which is like relatively privileged in that. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I definitely recognize that. Cause again, I'm at a position where I'm like, I, I have in the set, I have stuff I I need to, to happen in my life just to be independent and self-sustaining and whatnot. So I think you're, Uh, You're kind of blasted one way or another. But anyway, the point is that there's balance in life. Uh, So whether I might be working a job I don't want to work, but then it's like, all right, well, let me take a step back. That job might not be a job I want to work, but is it pushing me towards a goal which I am looking to achieve? Mm -hmm. And if it's not, then why am I working that job? Uh, but then if you can say oh no it is what it is it's it's allowing me to pay for my rent it's allowing me to go ahead and invest in my business it's going it's allowing me to invest in my acting I can get my plane ticket I can go to Los Angeles like whatever it may be I can invest in marketing for my for my startup mm-hmm. whatever the thing is uh, you need to take stock of what you have in your life i mean I, I'm not I'm not a motivational person but take stock of what you have and if there's something which you don't enjoy and you don't see the way in which it is tangibly um driving you towards your goals you gotta be willing to cut it and choose something else yeah uh it's that simple and it can be really really hard uh it's something which especially when it comes to personal relationships something which is very difficult it's really hard to kind of go ahead and cut those cords because you don't ever want to be that person and uh maybe this is Maybe this is a very American thing, but like sometimes like, you know, like, it's just business, baby. Like I, I, I don't have the bandwidth for this right now. There's only so much which I can emotionally process and which I can give time and energy to. And uh, this is something which isn't fruitful for me. And as much as I want to be supportive or I'm kind of holding on to some kind of uh, like nostalgic feeling sometimes, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's the way to put it with relationships, but it's like, oh, a prior iteration of myself really appreciate what you bring and you still bring that thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I don't know if it really benefits me. And it's like more so out of respect for my prior self and our relationship that I maintain it. So, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard decisions uh, to make in the, in the personal realm. Wouldn't you agree, Tom? Yeah, no, I would agree.
0: I think a lot of it comes down to like making yourself like, it's funny, right? I think about relationships a lot like this, where, I mean people put it in romantic terms but um, I, I think it's true across business relationships and especially friend- – or not especially but also friendships of um, – like people think the idea of compromise is a good thing. And with regard to relationships, they think like 50-50 relationships are good and that's bullshit. You should want to be in a 97-3 relationship. And the 97% of just you're doing what you want to do, but it's not like you're selfishly doing what you want to do with, without respect to the other person's, you know, individual uh, reality or whatever, like experience. But there should be such an overlap in the values and what you want to be spending your time doing that 97% of your time, you're doing what you want to be doing. And so are they. And I think that's why friendships are like, you know, so important because it's like, if you are not doing that in a friendship, people are so willing to just cut that off. Whereas Mm -hmm. like in a romantic relationship, they're not. And I think in a business relationship, they're also not. Um, And then, you know, that other 3% or 5%, whatever it is, it's, you know, you go do this thing because, you know, your friend's getting you know, an award, and you have to go, or like she's getting an award, and you know she wants, or a family dinner, or something, or you know your business partner is, um, he wants like you to show up to something or meet this client, but um, I I think I think selfishness, in a weird way, is selflessness, because if you're constantly compromising. Or you're constantly, you know, putting down yourself. It's going to come back ten times worse in a year, in a month, in a day, or whatever. Um, so I think you pursuing the thing that you want to pursue it just leads to less resistance, less resistance within your relationships, but more importantly within yourself, mm. because it doesn't breed resentment.
1: Yeah, ex- exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because I think it's that thing where whether the focus of that res of that resentment. Uh, will shift outwards, I think, when, I mean, this is, everybody, most people know this is kind of something which gets iterated, but it's like, oh, this is an issue I have with myself or that I've put myself in. Uh, and did you read that hostage negotiation book? No. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? The no. one that was, Matthew was reading it. My brother just read it. Uh, expert FBI, I believe, hostage negotiator, prop, like he kind of set the map for uh, the way which we currently negotiate. We currently have I, I, I know
0: the book you're talking about. Don't know the name though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there's this book which I thought you were referencing and I I didn't read it also, but it's in my house. It's in my house. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it's in there that uh it was relayed to me in one form or another that like when you compromise nobody wins. Yeah. Like there's there's no there's no winning in a compromise. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and I think yeah, so many people were are, are brought up on that thing where like you gotta you gotta share and you gotta make sure that like you're trying to please everybody. It's like
0: you're pleasing nobody.
1: Choose your choose choose one master. Choose one thing which you are saying, This is what I am loyal to like put your loyalties and your values somewhere mm-hmm. and then commit to that. Uh, I think in a similar way, it's like what we had just said, I think it's carrying over. That theme of make a decision, choose who you're going to be loyal to, what you're going to serve, and then go ahead and follow that through.
0: And don't compromise. Like I, I think compromise comes from this idea of scarcity where it's like – you know how we were talking about um, rejection earlier where it was like, hey, if you get like a 995 rejections but you get a five yeses, I think people are scared of that. And that's why they're willing to compromise Mm. in a lot of things, with their career, with their relationships, with their friends, with themselves. Um, And I mean, I'm not, I'm literally a 24 year old guy lit, just like who doesn't have anything figured out. So, Mm. I mean, as you said, I'm not a motivational guy, but it's like, um, there are enough opportunities out there. There are enough people out there. There are enough careers out there where eventually, like, you'll find it it I, I mean not inevitably right but it's like if you have this type of a mindset abundance mindset and you're looking for the people that you're looking for but i don't know again i don't know <laughs> it's terrible dude you see like why did i why
1: did i do that no So the people for the people who are listening who may be listening very hard maybe they can hear it but yeah we've, we just had some some audio interruptions tom's tom's head's been on the swivel for the past like three minutes of talking. Oh, yeah, dude.
0: i think somebody might be coming downstairs but Hopefully not. <laughs> um.
1: Where are we? So yeah, uh, yeah.
0: We're about in an hour
1: and a half. Compromise. Oh yeah, sure. Chronologically.
0: Okay. Oh, my bad. I thought you were asking time.
1: Oh no, no. I don't, I don't worry. Time's kind of, <laughs> short. time's kind of, you going to worry about it. It's like a flat circle. True. Uh, compromise. Yeah. Compromise. Yeah. I think we ended uh, one of our, our segments on this. I think it's kind of what I was saying where it's like, I was saying if, if you, uh, if you're an artist, quote unquote, your content creator, and you decide to make a, a product, piece of content, which is for the sole purpose of commercial success, which is bringing you some sort of financial reward, and you don't get that, um, and you've compromised the integrity of your art your vision in some way, mm-hmm. um, damn, I, everything just keeps on feeding back into itself. It's like, yeah, you've what you've now done is you've failed in trying to achieve something which you you didn't even really want um, or or it's like this is not the goal like I was trying to get something else out of it anyway the point is, is that um, you did something wrong <laughs>
0: <laughs> you did something wrong yeah I mean I I do think that a lot of that comes out of like not knowing who you are or what you really want right I yeah mean like I, I mean I and and I mean money's important like people are all like your money won't make you happy bullshit like it will definitely make you happy to an extent but you're not going to be fulfilled and happy on your deathbed that you made an extra 25k yeah but it's like yeah, I, I and there is a difference between going from 25000 to oh i make 55 on a yearly basis right and then but and then you know from 100 to 125
1: is different this is a conversation like which we've been having since we were 17 probably is that like there's a there's a threshold pretty much i think at that point whatever study uh scott was quoting it was around like seventy five thousand dollars. so i imagine with inflation it's probably around 80 but once you once you hit making $80,000 a year, that's when it's like, okay, it's, this is as a single uh, adult in the United States. So 80,000 USD. Then you've kind of met the threshold for, okay, money won't give me more, uh, won't give me happiness. But there's a level of, uh, yeah, it's like, wait a second, you're gonna tell me money doesn't doesn't mean anything. So like, meanwhile, it's like, when was the last time like, you, you actually like we're worried about paying your rent. This, we talked about this idea that has extrapolated where it's like people actually have lower IQ mm-hmm. when they make less money. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a really and vicious not,
0: not, not, yeah, yeah.
1: cycle. It's a vicious cycle because it's a matter of like, oh, we just give this guy. This guy has $80,000 rather than having $40,000 or depending on where you live. I don't know how many other people are listening to this. Mm-hmm. But that person will be able to make like high IQ decisions. That being said, I think high IQ is like relative- uh, I think like that scale is made on like your potential to make money. I I think that that's kind of that success. I don't really know how IQ was know. created, but the point is same person. If you just give them more money, they will have like it's like a fifteen. It's either five or fifteen. I don't know the scale that well, but it's five or fifteen. Bump an IQ just from having more money by being able to like meet their basic needs and then going beyond that. Now it's like what's what qualifies as basic needs or those necessities which you must have in the, in the 21st century. Uh, I don't know what they are. I'm not going into it. I'm not a, i I'm, a yeah. I'm not, I ain't no sociology guy, but what I am is a guy who says you got to have fucking money. If you want to make more money. Uh, and if you want to be happy, uh, like there's, yeah, there's Gordon Gecko or this is was it Gordon Gecko or was it, uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. What's the movie? Wolf of wall street. What's his name? Jordan Belford. Jordan Jordan Belford. Uh, there's the line he says like there's no nobility in poverty. And yeah, actually, I think it was Charlie Sheen's character in Wall Street that said it. But it's so true, and I think it's funny because like I don't know about you, Tom, but uh, you know, our, our grandparents, are, are Depression babies, right? Mm-hmm. They were they were brought up in like the scarcest. Of, and I imagine they're also were they in New York? Were your grandparents in New York during the most of them? In the '30s, '40s.
0: Um, yeah, I think most of them. Some of them might have been still in Ireland.
1: Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So you're you're fresher than me, but um.
0: No, no, no. I I think my great grandparents. I I think all of my grandparents were either in New York or Long Island.
1: Okay, yeah. So anyway, it's that thing where like, there is, like, there's there was a real scarcity mindset. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, which, which carried over. So. Yeah, and then also this is the other thing with like I don't know, I can't speak to other. uh cultures or like nationalities or like what their experiences, But like, I know definitely with the, um, like the Irish experience, I feel like there was something really noble about, I, I, I think they did hold poverty in, in, in some kind of like nobility. If you're somebody who, who works hard and you have to bust your ass every day, uh, and you have to go out and you have to keep on working. Uh, there's something really great in that. And, and this is, I'm not saying that that's not great, but I'm saying if you're doing that, and you're not able to, like, if you're not if you're if you're living paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. it's not a good position to be in. It, just, it wears on you, especially when you watch the world around you. I think now, again, kind of conversation we've been having the past five, 10 years, like with Instagram and whatnot, when it's like we there is this elevated, quote unquote, falsified sense of like what the the new norm is or how people should be living their lives. Like we see people on vacation, like mm-hmm. traveling, um, you know, going to eat you know, every time they go out to eat, that's the only thing which we see. So it feels like it's every meal mm-hmm. it feels like every day is spent in Tulum. It feels like every day is spent in, uh, you know, Miami, whatever it is. Um, and, and I think it really, it really wears on you. If you're not able to make ends meet, uh, then anyway, so yeah, poverty babies. It was just,
0: yeah. I, I mean, it, it's a weird dynamic, right? Because like every individual, this is something that I think is extremely important is like nobody's nobody is coming to save you. Um, and there is a lot of counter advice going on. That is both universally true. Like for every saying that there is an opposite saying that is also true. Like Mm. you, like you can't take all the money that you make with to the graveyard with you. Like, like that's a true statement. It's like, while you're here, spend your money, but also a dollar saved is a dollar earned. And it's like, that is also true. Um, (laughs) And, and, but and, – and this is what the thing – and I think this is what you're getting at. Every individual needs to make – you need to be the CEO of your own mind, make your own decisions, find out what is subjectively going to make you the most happy, and do that. And there are some things where it's like if you're living to pay, pay paycheck to paycheck, you'll probably be more happy if you're doing a job that pays more. If it, if it's the same job, right? If, if two universities I guess doing the same job, one, you're making – paycheck to paycheck and the other one you're making 80k obviously you're going to be happier making 80k but that's not the world we live in and it's like if the jobs are different and you like if you really love what you do paycheck to paycheck more power to you right but you got to find you got to find what works for you
1: yeah and i think it's just one of those things where like yeah, find what works for you. And I think I think you're right. There is def- if you have job satisfaction, you if you're satisfied and you feel fulfilled with what you're doing every day, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. And yeah, like, like if
0: you're a community organizer, it's like, or or you know or, you know something like that, it's like that that can be extremely fulfilling. Yeah, even though if it's financially not.
1: Yeah, but but that, that's the thing. I think pretty much all we're saying is like there can really be undue stress, which is put on you mm-hmm. uh, because of your financial situation, and it's something mm-hmm. which you, people need to. This is the other thing too, I, th- I think, which we're like touching on. Like people need to check in with themselves more, I think. Uh, yeah. And kind of see like, yeah, what is causing me stress? What's making me like, why am I still in a position, which I don't want to be in um, and take, and taking account of, of all those things which add up and just like, yeah. Being able to, to breathe through, understand, like accept because this is something which I've been kind of harping on a lot in my own personal life. Like I think we live in a really bad I mean, this is, and this is for hundreds of years, a really bad cycle of shame mm-hmm. um, where it's like we, we don't want to talk about things because they're deemed shameful and we don't want to bring that to ourselves. We don't want to bring that to our family. Uh, and I think that it can be a lot of things, but anyway, I'm just saying that, that, that poverty can, can add on to that and kind of recognizing that position
2: yeah.
1: um, can make you feel like it's real. It's Schrodinger's cat. It's mm-hmm. like somebody would rather leave the box unchecked uh when they they know good and well that like cat's goddamn dead uh, <laughs> but if they don't check there's still a possibility that it might be kicking
0: yeah uh, yeah something i've been thinking about is it's like your mind has to be a good place to live mm. <laughs> <laughs> like but like, like it really does like most people will just like 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 it, like when you said uh like ch- like check into your with yourself it's like you like make sh- make sure Make sure upstairs is is a good place to live because that it colors your reality, colors, colors your perceptions. It's whatever. A book I would highly suggest everybody reading is um or or if you want to just learn more about this is Stillness Is the Key by Ryan Holiday, great book. Um, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And so going off of that, I'm sorry, wait, wait, what did you just say before the book? Because that threw me. I was like, I was like, ooh, I had spot
0: um your mind is a nice place your, your mind is a, yes 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 has to be yes make
1: teacher. sure your mind's like nice. yeah it's funny because uh i definitely agree with that but one thing my brother said to me this is when i was like i think i was 17 maybe i just turned 18 he's like your mind's a dangerous place do not go in there alone <laughs> And I, I was like oh damn uh and it, it's funny because i think that
0: I, I mean, your mind can be. Yeah, yeah.
1: No. And and, and I think that uh, it works on both levels because I think that if you're somebody, Tom, I know you're a guy who meditates and you're somebody who's
0: big meditator.
1: Yeah, big meditator. Uh, but it's one of those things where part of meditation is breathing through, letting thoughts move through mm-hmm. um, like, and then releasing them. But letting the thoughts move through. The, the goal is not to think nothing, right? That's a big misconception. Would you it, agree?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just to recognize what it is. Like your mind is untrained, right? And it's like... You just need to recognize the patterns of thoughts that are coming in. You're not trying to stop the thoughts, right? But just like give your thoughts room to breathe.
1: Yeah. And and I think that's important in, in making that that clean, clear place to live. But in the, in the danger is, is like, all right, I want to grab onto this one and let me see where this one takes me. That's when you ride deeper and deeper in there. And then again, like like you said, your mind col- colors your reality and you start finding yourself in a place which re- the the saturation is really, really high and it starts – closing in your field of view um mm-hmm. if you, if you if you decide to go in there alone so yeah dude <laughs> don't yeah. think too much i think is the point uh yeah dude be like me be reactionary don't commit to anybody or anything
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude you just got to train your mind like it, it, it just like
1: yeah all right so we're coming up on like 145 we're down okay. i'm not going to i'm not going to limit us right here but where where do you say we we, we start wrapping up here. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm an actor, in case you guys wanted to know. But uh, <laughs> um, but but I also play football. <laughs> I don't know. That's from uh that's from American Pie. was really? one, fav- yeah, one of my favorite lines is uh, when Oz is talking to like that girl who's in the choir. Have you seen American Pie? I have years ago. Like, oh yeah. I watch ago. it like once a year at least. Uh-huh. Um It's like, yeah, people like everybody thinks some just come kind of like Jock who's really great at lacrosse, and it's just so insensitive. Like I play football too. <laughs> More or less the point. She just like totally me She's like, "Wait a minute! Like that's not any different." Um,
0: yeah, dude. i I mean, uh, yeah. I, I mean, do you do you have any other thoughts and anything else you want to get out to the world right now?
1: Oh, people, people! Uh, it was really nice outside last week, and I felt so good. And it's getting colder. And I feel not good. Um, <laughs> seasonal affective disorder, whatever. Sad is what it's called, I think. Yeah. It's like seasonal depression.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh man, it's real. It's alive and well in New York. I know Tom Kenny is a New Yorker, but dude, how the hell are you gonna? St- are you planning to stay here forever? I've been thinking about that a
0: lot. I, you know, what's so funny? And I, I, I take a walk at lunch. Um, You know, for like 15 minutes or whatever. And when it was like 70 degrees out a couple of days ago, I literally was thinking like, oh, dude, every springtime in New York, I fall back in love with New York. And then, you know, October comes and I fall out of love. (laughs) It's like, dude, the winter months are rough.
1: Yeah, it's really brutal. It's really brutal. It's something which I've said for like every year for – a while, but like the past two years, I'm like, I'm not doing another winter in New York.
0: <laughs> Ta-da! Here I am again.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's finally coming out of it. But it's just one of those things where it's like, I get why people want to work at financial firms. It's like, because mm-hmm. it's the only thing that allows me to get enough money so I can effing leave and go. This is the other thing where it's like, I might not even go somewhere nice, but I'm going to go ski at Vail. <laughs> How does that sound? Maybe I'll go to the Bahamas as well. Uh, it's necessary. They're just doing what you got to do. If you don't make $200,000 in New York, Gonna hate yourself. It's
0: true. Thousand dollars, two hundred k. New York City. That's what I'm trying to make.
1: Um, ladies, that is what he makes. He's being modest. He has he has his hundreds of thousands of dollars hidden underneath his bed in at his parents' make. house, though. And you have to go there. You have to, you have to go find it. How does that sound?
0: I mean, you just hold them.
1: Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> ooh, <laughs> girls, don't come running.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, dude.
1: Um. Yeah. Two hundred thousand dollars. We're wrapping up right now. We hit on a little gem. I love. I love the in betweens.
0: Yeah, the in betweens are interesting.
1: It's so funny because we put on these radio voices. You don't actually know what either of us sound. It's very strange. We sound like
0: this. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it is sound weird. Sound like small little. People. <laughs> yeah, dude, it is weird doing the podcast. It's like it, it's weird talking and being conscious of you're being recorded. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think everybody knows that,
2: right?
1: Yeah, I think that's that's like that's like what they try and do with acting. They're like, "All right, you want to act like you're not in front of the camera, but what you want to do is you want to pivot to the camera. You want to make sure that we, all your all of your physicality needs to be tailored to the camera, but pretend like you're not on camera. But it's natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's totally natural. Uh, but what we had touched on
0: um, lack of information about what's going lack on. Lack in
1: of world. information about what's going on in the world. I don't remember how we got to it, but. Yeah, just talking about, it's a little tidbit for you. I don't think I necessarily have the answers, um, but just one of those things where we're saying how great it is. Oh, yeah, we didn't know what to talk about. That's what it was. I was like, it's so great to not know what's going on. Oh, yeah. And and there is a level which is totally true to that. Like, when you're on your own trip and you're in your own mission, it's great to be free of a lot of the noise. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) The noise. (laughs) The noise is coming. Uh, It's great to be free of the noise and and i thought like well is it really or like am i just kind of staying hidden under this you know veil of silence this mm-hmm. veil of ignorance and uh i don't know just something which you got to weigh out i think that it's it's important just to think about your responsibility to the people in the world around you um i think it's really easy to write things off and say like, i don't have control over those certain things and, and a lot of things you don't um that's like serenity prayer give me the uh power to change the things i can and the
0: i i was literally just looking at this i think it's the um give me the power to change the th- things
1: i can and the
0: i i, I think it's the power to
1: and, or, 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 to what? give up the thing and like to accept the things that yeah give me the power to change the things i can uh and acceptance of the things I cannot and the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah. And I think that's really, like, really important. I think that it applies on a lot of levels, uh, but something for me, which has just been, like, important, something which kind of stuck with me uh, during my second bout at college, just after just, what I'm just reading and whatnot, is that, like, you get to vote every single day with your dollar. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you put your money does mm-hmm. matter. And it's one of those things where you you can try and rationalize as much as you want that it doesn't uh but what gives you more agency and what makes you uh think more or kind of what makes you what promotes a world which you want to live in Uh, and i think you can do that with with your spending habits and it's one of those things where more people are aware of that then they can go ahead and and, uh, i think we can really see a lot of change at least in the united states when we like we live in a, a capitalist you know economy And I think it's really great in some ways in which people want to change things like systematically or like systemically, but like how can we change if we play the game? And that's kind of why, like where I thought, I mean, rather than like, you know, Bernie, like rather than fight the power and try and remodel everything uh, it might be quicker if we try and like everybody just skirt your dollars from one place. Like you don't like some, Something somebody's doing. If you don't like Amazon, if you don't like the, like their predatory business practices or something, don't give them your money. <laughs> it's that simple. Do not go and say, Oh, but I want to make sure I get my air fryer in two days. Yo, screw you. <laughs> like, who thinks like, why do you think you need it in two days? Because you can, because you can have it. And like, not only that, it's another thing with, with Amazon specifically. I'm getting hot now. Yeah. I'm getting hot now. We, we hit we hit a button. Um dude, these drivers don't know how to drive and they have no (laughs) accountability. And they're flying down the street in these white vans. And I'm like, back in 2004, every dad on the block would have been out here with a baseball bat. Like (laughs) it's some guy flying down the street in a white van, like parking and just kind of like, then just sitting there also on the sides of houses. Um, It's just something which I don't like what it's doing to my quality of life in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you should like it either. It's like, Oh, it's jobs, jobs. Yeah. Great. Like, jobs, but find another way to do it. And just like, I I don't think there's a lot of accountability there. It's just one of these things where it's like people talk a a real good game. Um, I hear people talk about accountability and whatnot. Then they still go out and buy whatever, buy whatever they want, like out of whim. And I'm not saying you shouldn't buy anything. I'm just saying like, know who you're paying. Know who you're, uh, who, you know, 97 cents on that dollar is going to. Yeah.
2: Uh,
1: Because it might be supporting just in a very general sense, Something in life which you could do without and you'd be better without and you don't like. Uh, so I think that being conscious of what's going on in the world around you, being conscious of where your dollar goes is really important. And I think it's something which is a really easy change to make. And Tom, you brought up a point that it's like there are some things which don't really impact you. What were you saying? You
0: were um, well, a couple of things. One, I want to respond to what you were saying. Yeah. I think it's um important to be conscious of who you're criticizing versus your actions and versus like if you're criticizing Amazon, I mean what you're saying, um, don't buy from Amazon. And if you do, stop criticizing them, right? Or do both, right? I mean, I really don't give a fuck. But, <laughs> um it's just my two cents. Um but um like with wars in foreign countries or tragedies that happened, you know, at the Moroccan border, uh trying to get into Spain or whatever. Um be careful of like, or not be careful, but also again, be conscious of like how you can impact that, um, the, the situation and how the information of that situation impacts you. Um, I think the closer you are to a situation, community, um, county, state, you know, country, global, um, I think closer you are to a problem, the more it impacts you, and the more you can impact it. Um, and I, I think that's how real change happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. I think that there are spheres and degrees, degrees of separation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, you need to wait those things. Which are, if your house is on fire, don't be worried about you know whatever's happening in 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 Liberia. Yeah, it's not your house is on fire. You need to you need to save yourself first.
0: Yeah,
1: um, is, is that more or less kind of like yeah the, the weight? Yeah. I mean, of course, that's a that's an extreme situation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but it's true. Yeah. So no, I I, I definitely uh, agree with that, and I think that, yeah, I think people should be empowered to take agency in their
0: uh, and just be conscious. In their life, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Be conscious. Take agency. Um, yeah. Yeah. And listen to other people. This is great. I mean. Listen, I, to yeah, listen to me yeah listen to me
0: listen to me dude i am the authority of things
1: <laughs> you why because i'm on the internet you can, <laughs> and you can hear my voice that's why you don't
0: even know what i look like i'm a fucking lizard king <laughs> that's the office reference for anybody who doesn't know um but yeah dude so so it looks like we've been at this for about two hours yeah um before we go, is there anything you want to plug? Um, I know I'm going to link the, your website and your Instagram in the bio Great. Um, for any agents
1: or anybody who's listening to this. Yeah. Um,
0: and if you are listening to this, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And if you are listening to this and you got like, don't worry, I can be corralled for money. You know, it's one of those things. Where, I, I can sell out. Yeah. Pretty
0: I, easy. Pretty. Yeah. Pretty easy. Not, not pretty easily, but like, uh, just send me offers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me know what
1: we're talking about. I, I can go on James Corden. I, yeah. I can. I can put on a nice show for everybody. I can sing in the back of a car.
0: Yeah,
1: why not? But that, but what I want to plug. Uh, I was just thinking about it. it's funny. Hmm. My brother Brendan has began a uh, personal coaching, life coaching practice. It, like it's he's he's a life coach. I don't know what to say. Is it a practice? Maybe. Uh, I just don't know the, the terminology. But Anyway. He's doing life. Co- yeah, he's doing life coaching. And uh, he's been a really great grounding force and has been so resourceful to me. Uh anyway, you can find him at www.brendanmorgan.org. That is b-r-e n d a n m o r g a n dot org. Uh he's yeah, he's really great. And it's just one of those things where uh, you need to be accountable for yourself. And part of that is knowing when you need help. So, and like waiting until you're drowning, uh, until like until the boat's sinking is not when you need help. And it's just one of these things where I've talked to a lot of friends about it. And I think that uh, some people are really waiting for the boat to go down before they go out and try and fix the problem. It's like, well, before we send you a life raft, let's try and make sure, let's try and... Check out what's wrong with the boat and fix it. Anyway, I'm not going to try and talk for him. I'll let him do it, but uh, it's something where I think that it's really beneficial for people to work on themselves, uh, something which I know I do, and sometimes I don't do, and I need to do it more. Uh, <laughs> um, so I just, for anybody who's listening who might be looking for something like that or know somebody who might be looking, go ahead, check it out. Uh, he's also on Instagram. I believe it's Brendan underscore underscore Morgan uh i'll try and get a link over there but uh, really it's more about his practice in the instagram is he's, he, he, he's a great guy yeah he's good
0: i i think it could be extremely helpful i follow him on instagram uh just recently i've uh learned a couple of things via meditation and self authenticity it's a, I, I, I highly recommend it um but pete I really appreciate you coming on, my guy. I'm glad we got to do this.
1: Yeah, it's been a long time in the making.
0: Yeah, guys. Um, I wish I had an outro song. We don't, though. Um, again, anybody who wants to sponsor me, just kidding. I'm glad to do this for free. Wink, wink. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Till next time. Bye-bye. Peace.